Hanukkah. 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 You're listening to Hanukkah Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Paige Willett and Adesh Nakas, Borewadme Ndao. I'm your host, Paige Willett, CPN tribal member and employee. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate us. During this episode, we're meeting this year's candidates for CPN legislative offices. This year's ballot has three races, districts 10, 11, and 13, all of which represent the entire state of Oklahoma. District 10 candidates are incumbent David Barrett and challenger Charles Scott. District 11 candidates are incumbent Andrew Walters and challenger Jay Laughlin. District 13 legislator Bobby Bowden is running unopposed for another term. I sat down with the candidates for districts 10 and 11. District 10 incumbent and Bursaw family descendant David Barrett is a self-described Oklahoma boy, raised in Tecumseh and an alumni of the University of Oklahoma. He returned to the state after serving in the U.S. Navy and is now a member of the CPN Veteran Color Guard. He has a bachelor's in accounting from OU and an MBA from Oklahoma City University and spent a long career in accounting and finance before retiring. He was elected to office in June 2008. Well, I got involved in in the tribe back, uh, gosh, I guess in 2002 uh, when uh, Vice Chairman Cap she wanted to know if I wanted to serve uh, on the bank board. I was uh, uh, an entrepreneur at that time. Then I was elected on the grievance committee, and then it's history now that I've been a legislator, and I have really enjoyed participating uh, in learning the Constitution, voicing my opinions, and coordinating with the other legislators, trying to serve to my best uh, capacity through my experience to better, not for myself, for when I was doing it for myself, but to serve the nation, to improve the nation. So why did you decide to run for office this election cycle? Well, uh, it's just like anything else in life. You don't ever end your life, you always have goals. And so uh, all my life, I've, I've had goals at, at age 35, at 45, at 55. But there are still goals that I would like to have check off uh, for the tribe. I mean, we're growing. We still have to have accountability. We have to preserve our money revenue so that we could have the uh, services forever for our uh, new generation. I mean, we just can't just stay placent. We've got to keep with the trend, you know, and and keep the revenue coming in. You've been a legislator for quite a while. So what would you plan to focus on if you are elected to a next term? Well, the main thing that I see that uh, we're really deficient in is communication. I've gone to different strategic planning sessions and for all the native american people for any any people that's in business you've got to to have that communication i'm talking about not just talking i'm talking about uh getting with the people letting them voice their opinion and then getting back with the people 
on a timely basis. I mean, time is essential. You can't wait in the future to plan things. You've got to do it now, and you've got to get the people involved. And, and a good communication, good feedback, accurate decision-making is, is a plus for our tribe. Given that, in your opinion, what is the biggest obstacle that the tribe faces today? Paige, I would say uh, our sovereignty, our self-governance, uh, uh, our self-determination with our uh, judicial laws. We, we've got to stay and, and, and keep uh, improving our judicial system, but also in respect to our cultural our heritage. I mean, we've got the the greatest uh, legacy that you could have, you know, being a Native American. The way that we have endured, the main thing is is making sure that we protect ourselves from our uh, federal government, from our state government, and our local government. We've got to be on the leading edge, you know, constantly. On the other side of that question, what do you think um, is one of the tribe's biggest assets? Good, quality, qualified people. The old saying is, uh, you can't keep a, a smart person down. In other words, you could work for a corporation and you're smart and you're innovative in all of this, and they will eventually move on to a better deal. That's what we have as our assets is we have qualified people that will not just move on. I don't want them to move away from the tribe, but move the tribe forward. And so it's, it's, it's a personal deal that our people really feel like family. And so it's better than being in a corporate world. What do you feel qualifies you as a legislator? My personal opinion is that uh, I'm not a yes person. I do ask a lot of questions, and I would like to have a lot of answers. I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong or they're right or wrong, but the more you could ask, the more that you could learn uh, about our budgets, uh, about our uh, policies, about our uh, resolutions or, or anything uh, about what we're building, uh, what's uh, in our strategic plan. I, I'm a financial controller, and so naturally I want accountability, I want integrity, I want truthfulness. Those things is what I seek from the tribe, and that way I could interpret it to the people who uh, ask me questions. I get questions all the time either by phone call or in person. And it's hard to answer those questions if you haven't already asked those questions. What else would you like voters to know, either about you or the tribe and, and the position as legislator? I don't uh, broadcast. Uh, I had high honors with my master's. Uh, I, I, I don't want have people come in uh, when I was a uh, financial manager and uh, my workers come in, and they think that I'm better than them. I have this blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to be equal to them, uh, and I've always tried to be a, a good business person, and, and I've always been told that I've always been fair. I've been 
you know, it doesn't matter where they're a good worker or a bad worker. I've always been fair. And that's how I treat myself as a legislator to not just Oklahoma constituents, but for the our whole nation. Peltier and View family descendant Charles Scott lives in Tecumseh, Oklahoma, and is a veteran of both the Army and the Navy. Throughout his life, he has been a maintenance mechanic, paramedic, union organizer, and more. He has a bachelor's degree in philosophy and religious studies from St. Gregory's University in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and is a graduate of the first Mdaman Leadership Program class held by CPN. He describes himself as having a, quote, warrior spirit. I'm a grandfather and a husband. I've been married for 35 years. I've got two grandkids, a little boy and a little girl that I'm trying to teach how to be Indian. I attended St. Gregory's University. I have a, a bachelor's degree. I have two bachelor's degrees, one in religious studies and one in philosophy. I am a thinker, and I like to solve problems before they're problems. That's, what, that's how I like to explain it. I was in the military for a very long time. I uh, graduated in 1984, and I joined the Army uh, before I graduated. Served two years, and then I joined the Navy and served a very long time. <laughs> I got out and became a, uh, a union rep for a paper mill. Used that opportunity to go to work for the company, negotiating contracts with unions. And then I got involved with the International Paper Workers Union and uh, worked for them for about eight years. I'm just a grassroots organizer now. Why did you decide to run for office this election cycle? The last election that we had for the chairman, I got involved. Uh, I seen problems that we have, and I see it's generational issues are what we really suffer from and uh, our leadership is getting older and we need younger people to step up and lead so uh, I talked to a bunch of young people they would like to be involved they don't know how so I said well if I can get elected I can show them how and that's kind of my mission to help people become more involved in our tribe in tribal government so what would you plan to focus on as a legislator? Um, mostly communication. I, I know uh, constitutionally the legislators are pretty limited in what we can do, but I think we can be examples of leaders, and we need to be able to uh, communicate with, with our constituents, our tribal members, in ways that they communicate normally, uh, such as social media. You know, I know a lot of our le elected leaders now, when they think social media, they just think just Facebook. And some of them have a hard time just doing emails. And they, they have no idea how to set up a Facebook account. But when you talk to them about Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and other means of communication, it's too new to them. And, and they're just not up to date on it. In your opinion, what is the biggest obstacle that the tribe faces today? Most of it, I, I think our biggest issue is apathy. I think that our elected leaders that we have now 
have kind of lost touch a little bit. Not in a bad way, just it's a, it's a generational thing is what I think the problem really is. You know, going back to communication, we don't communicate well with, with, uh, with our members and our members can't really communicate with us. We don't feel like we're being represented, if that makes sense. Even though we have representatives and they are accessible a little bit, our ideas that we want to present to our, our uh, to the executive don't make it up to the executive. And uh, that leads to voter apathy and apathy in general. We've spoken about, you know, what you think the biggest obstacle is. What do you think is one of the biggest assets? We're still here. We're still here. We're uh, thriving. Our businesses are growing. There's lots of opportunities if people learn how to use those opportunities. They, they have to learn that there, uh, there's opportunities available. There's a lot of jobs open right now that CPM members could apply for, and they should apply for them, and we should make an effort to keep our CPM employees that we currently have. It's a no-brainer. What do you feel qualifies you to be a legislator? I think uh, tribal government is very different than, than state and local and federal government. What qualifies me is my heart is in the right place. I care about people. I want to solve people's problems. I want to walk them through the process, and I want to teach them. Those are things that uh, the federal government doesn't do. How I'm qualified, I'm, I'm getting older, and I know lots of things, and I have lots of experience uh, dealing with problems and, and change. You know, change management is a big thing with me. A long time ago, our chairman had mentioned... Uh, about changing our constitution. And he had said that if you're not in the constitution changing business, you probably ought not be in politics. And we have some things that we would like to change and just update, not necessarily, not a drastic change, just tweaks. And I think that's something that I'm good at is solving these kind of problems. Part of, part of my personality is we're all in this together. And so anytime I say we, I'm talking about our tribe. And, and that trickles down from the, from the chairman to the brand new baby. It's We're all in this together. That's what makes us a tribe. What else would you like voters to know? I would like them to know that it's very important to participate in, in tribal politics. We are very lucky in that our elections coincide with our festival. So I would really like more people to come to the festival. I know in the past we've had thousands show up, but we don't have thousands vote. We have to participate in order to be a tribe, or we're in danger of not being a tribe. In 2019, Bourbon A family descendant and District 11 representative Andrew Walters retired from a long career in law enforcement as the chief of police of the Oak Ridge North Police Department, a suburb of Houston, Texas. Walters has expertise in psychology, criminal justice, disaster response, firearms training, and more. 
He and his wife Cora enjoy traveling around the world and now reside in Shawnee. He has been serving as a CPN legislator since February 2021. I'm kind of a simple-minded guy. I, uh, I retired in 2019. During that time period, I had been not only chief of police, but also uh, been on uh, the emergency services district as a member of the fire service. Uh, I've been uh, emergency management. I've worked with FEMA. Uh, of course, went through several hurricanes down there during that time. So that's kind of what I'm all about, or trying to trying to keep from being about right now, because I want to be retired. Why did you decide to run for office this election cycle? Well, let's go back to why did I decide to run for office to begin with. When I retired, Cora and I discussed coming up here to be with the tribe and to see what we could do to to help in the tribe, just to participate more. Uh, my mother, as we grew up, was really tribal-oriented. She she pushed us and taught us, and we feel that we need to give back. So we made the commitment. We bought a house here in Shawnee and uh, started in with the tribe doing whatever I could, and the opportunity came up to run for this last half term, which we did. And so I, I just want to do this next four years to see what I can do. I think I've spent enough time now learning about the tribe, learning the players, seeing the people, uh, understanding how the program works. And I think I, I think I'll be effective this next four years, even more effective. If you were elected again, this would be your second term. So what would you plan to focus on? I think over the next four years, there's going to be a lot of changes in the tribe. We're already starting to see some changes within the structure of the tribe itself, leadership changes. Um, we're seeing a tremendous amount of building. Of course, we have the new casino and the new hotel that's going in. Uh, we have a lot of programs that I'd like to see started. Uh, I, I really want to reach out and pull in more of the members who feel disenfranchised and maybe try to bring them into the fold as I talk to people here in Shawnee and in Oklahoma in general. I have to tell you, if you have a Potawatomi license plate on your car, I'm going to find you sometime and talk to you. But most of the people that I talk to really, uh, they enjoy their tribe. It's kind of polar. They either enjoy the tribe or they don't know anything about the tribe other than they get their college money or they got their ARPA money. And I, I think it's really important that people know their heritage. So I'd like to do an outreach to try to bring those folks in. Uh, we have to, you know, put our emails out there, phone numbers and such, and hope these people call us. And I've been fortunate enough that a lot of people have called me and really have struck up some cool friendships from all this. So, What do you feel like is uh, the biggest obstacle that the tribe faces today? Non-participation. We've grown. Well, I think we're at 38,000, 39,000 members right now. We grew several thousand during the ARPA period. But if those people just simply join the tribal roles and they don't participate in the tribe, you have three or four or five percent of the tribe that's actually participating in programs in the tribe. And that number needs to be greatly increased. I, I want to say uh, in our last election that only about four to five percent of the tribe actually voted in that election. We need to have more participation from folks. I mean, we're a tribe, we're a family. What family can operate if only 
5% of its family members try to make it work. We have just talked about uh, the biggest obstacle. What do you feel like uh, is maybe the biggest asset? The biggest asset of the tribe right now is our leadership. Uh, we have some outstanding leaders in the tribe. You have to remember that 40, 45 years ago, we weren't that big of an operation. We barely had any money in the bank. And over the last 40, 45 years, the tribe has grown to what it is now and will grow even more with the new casino and hotel. Uh, I think the biggest asset that we have is the leadership, and it's not just the top leadership. I think chairman and uh, vice chairman do a great job. I think that a lot of the folks that work in the administration level do an outstanding job. What do you feel qualifies you to be a legislator? During my work career, I had to learn to uh, operate in different environments, not just making traffic stops and doing things. Uh, at my level of law enforcement, we had to work with task forces. I mean, I've worked with DA task force. I've worked with uh, Secret Service, FBI task forces. And I've had to integrate myself into those situations to learn and to then participate and influence those groups. And I'm a good communicator. I have the ability to, as the old joke goes, win friends and influence people. So I'm hoping I can use those skills to keep us in an even better path during all of these changes that are going on. I see this as a real opportunity for positive change. What else would you like voters to know, either about you personally or, you know, anything about the tribe? What I'd like them to know about me personally would be the fact that I'm a good-hearted person. I'm, I spent my policing career with the singular idea that I could get up every morning, pin on my badge, and I was going to go out and help somebody. And, you know, as ironic as it sounds, sometimes helping somebody was putting them in jail. But sometimes you'd really help them in a way where, uh, you know, years later you heard back from the kid that you helped, and they thanked you, they remembered you, they came back to see you. And that gratification, I, I, I love that feeling. I love to know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing to people and for people. And I think that's probably the most important thing I want the voters to know, that I want, I want to reach out. I'm genuine. I, I, I want to help. Originally born in Duncan, Oklahoma, Navarre family descendant Jay Laughlin moved when he was young and went to Wanette High School in Pottawatomie County. He lived not far from his family's Pottawatomie allotment. He attended school at Oklahoma City Community College, the University of Oklahoma, the University of Central Oklahoma, and Oklahoma Christian University. He has a bachelor's degree in engineering and an MBA with an emphasis in finance. I've done quite a bit of different things. Most of it's been in the oil and gas industry. I'm an environmental engineer and a petroleum engineer. So that's taken me quite a bit of different places. I really look at protecting the environment and ensuring that the clients and the facilities that I work with really meet the standards that are needed to keep not only the local community safe, but the people that are working in those facilities safe too. I also do some, <clears throat> some work on water, water supplies for municipalities and 
ensuring that drinking water is safe as well as wastewater. Why did you decide to run for office this election cycle? I think I have an interesting story, and I really feel the calling to 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 try to help you know youth that that may have been in the same situation as me. So when I was growing up, you know, I had a loving household and some people that really tried to guide me, but I also struggled. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things out there that can guide you and direct you in a different path. And I really feel that our youth in particular need a ways and a means to get some help and mentorship to provide them an opportunity to go down the right path. And where I grew up, small town, lots of challenges. And I know that's, I know that's a case for a lot of places. And I really feel that I have an opportunity to, to maybe, you know, change somebody's life. Given that, what would you plan to focus on in a term? The main thing I believe that we need to focus on is culture. You know, what what is the culture? What is it that we want to provide for generations to come? What is it that we want to leave behind? What is what is the impact that we want to have? But in order to do that, you've got to have financial base. So I really want to focus on a diversified business plan where income streams are coming from various different avenues and then taking that income and combining it both with grants to set some of these programs up to focus on education, healthcare, housing, food security, second chances, substance abuse, which is a pretty big thing. With those goals in mind, what do you feel like qualifies you to be a legislator? I had to work for everything I got, and it was tough. It was a challenge. I really had to, you know, realign and come back to what it was that I wanted out of life and what it was that I wanted to you know, leave my kids and, you know, give them an opportunity to progress. But the education really took me in a different direction. And then I had a son, my oldest son, he's 24 now, I believe, 23. And that changed my life too. I mean, um, I understand where people, some people come from and how they need to have some guiding hands. And then from the legislative side, from a business aspect, I've got that knowledge and those skills. So I can run a large business and I also know what it takes to start up a small business when you're trying to start from nothing. In your opinion, uh, what is the biggest obstacle that the tribe faces today? I'm going to go back to financial security, and prosperity. But the next challenge is really connecting and knowing how we can 
thrive through our culture. If you live miles away, you're working, you're taking care of your kids, you're trying to survive. How do you have the time and the resources to meet technology? You know, we've got to, we've got to figure out a way to, to bring people together through a technology basis. And then we also have to figure out a way how we can incentivize not only our youth, but our elders and our people in the middle to really focus on learning about our culture and our beliefs. What do you feel like is one of the tribe's biggest assets? It's the people. Everybody has a point of view, an idea, and those ideas are great. You've got to figure out a way to bring those ideas forward and make them become a reality. What else would you like voters to know either about you or your thoughts on the tribe? Well, I'd like everybody to know that, hey, I'm a real person. (laughs) I, you know, came from a family that loved me. You know, when I was growing up, we really didn't have a lot of culture within the house. But once I got older and started researching and looking into it, I always wondered why. You know, and and that was the case not only at home, but it was also the case in the school I went to. And we have an opportunity to really change that. And it's okay if you don't know everything. It's okay if you don't know all of the traditions. But what I would really like to do is bring that together, let everybody know that it is okay, and we figure it out. Absentee ballot requests must be postmarked no later than June 4th, 2023. Find one online at cpn.news backslash elections. In-person voting takes place Saturday, June 24th from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. during the tribe's annual Family Reunion Festival. Election results are announced during General Council, which begins at 3 p.m. the same day. Hanukkah Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Please click the subscribe button and leave us a rating. And share the show with your family and friends. You can find CPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potawatomi. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at potawatomi.org. That's P-O-T-A-W-A-T. OMI.org. Megwetch Nikanek, Mamamina. Thank you, friends. See you later.